was a level headed dancer on the road to alcohol. And I was just a soldier on my way to Montreal. What's up, everybody? Welcome into this week's episode of From Here It's Potable. We're going to do a little uh, tech basketball recap, preview of the next coming games, and then a little bit of mailbag. I've got a Hunter Davidson, tech hoops guy with me, uh, like always. So let's go ahead and get started. All right, Hunter, what's going on? Not much. How about you? You predicted a win last night. Well, you predicted a win, and we won. So you were kind of like half right. Yeah, I, th- I think I, w- I was pat myself on the back, actually, even afterwards. I think I was directionally right. Because we played such good defense that any, like, you know, an average offensive day would have won by 25. Yeah. No, I think you're right. So, it's just we uh, – and then, and then you know, late it almost still kind of broke open. We had yeah. like a 10-point lead. And, but they, uh, they that was could, If McClung had an average night, that I guess you could look at it that way too. You know, if he has sure. an average night, it's a bigger win. But anyway, before we get there, so after the, the nut kick that West Virginia is, which I still – how – what we talked about when we played, when we beat Texas and we both said like, how did that happen? I feel the exact opposite way against West Virginia. Like, how did that happen? Like I was watching the Mavericks game, unfortunately at the same time. And every time I flipped over, it was like, we had a comfortable lead, looked like we were playing well. And then all of a sudden the Mavs game ended and I flipped over and it was like, Holy, like what's happening here? You know? And then I ended up watching the whole thing later, but I just, I don't, I guess when you make 10 of your last 10 shots, it's not that crazy. Yeah, I I think you're right. Yeah, they made the last 10 shots. They just 63% from three because we played well. I mean, that that was what was strange is. Scored 87 points. After, yeah, take, you know, leaving after watching that game, I was as high as maybe I've ever been on the team after that, after that loss. Yeah, because because of how well we played offensively. Yeah, and yeah, it just sucked to to lose that one. But however, we've since the last two games, you know, I think we're starting to kind of the luck, bad luck is starting to kind of even out a little bit. I would say so because I would even throw Texas into that luck column. I mean, that steal we got similar to the one we got against LSU was pretty lucky. But one thing I want to ask you before we move on from West Virginia, and this may be just kind of a basketball what are your thoughts on basketball in general? Why not make somebody else win the game in on that against when we were playing West Virginia? You know what I mean? Like why not double, why not force anybody else, anybody else hit a shot? Yeah. And I can't really remember. And so it was a while ago. The lead up. I, I know the drive. I remember the drive and you know, they, it was like, a, I think they set a ball screen and he just went right and made a shot over us. Yeah, but I I can't remember like what was before that. Like, was it an inbounds? Was it? Was. It, uh, it was a side out of bounds, and he caught it way in the backcourt, if I'm remembering yeah. correctly. And and you know, just brought it up and got into the offense. But I the whole time I was just anybody but him, anybody, you know. But was maybe it, was it was it coming off a timeout? I believe so. Yes. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, 
I can't, I don't know who else they had on the floor, but you don't want to leave somebody. Right. I, I guess I'm just going to double him and recover. Like it's worth it, you know, but yeah, that's just kind of a, maybe a basketball philosophy deal. Um, but I was just curious. Like I said, there was a time I, I, I'd want to go back. There was a moment in that game where I wondered if we were going to foul them. And now that I now, you know, I, I didn't know we were going to be talking about West Virginia. Sorry. Uh, yeah, that's my I can't remember that. I can't remember the sequence, but I was kind of surprised we did it. They had some guys that weren't good foul shooters. Maybe we were up three or maybe we were even up one in it, but they were in no, they were uh, in this like single bonus. Right. And the way they were shooting, you know, it, I, it kind of crossed my mind. I wonder if we just foul them here and then we take the last shot, you know, we're either down by one or tied or, or winning. So, but. Yeah. That's not a bad, that's not a bad thought. Um, but I guess speaking of, we did do that just to get to LSU. We did do that against LSU and it turned out to be incredibly wise to put that inexperience. I can't even remember who it was. They're inexperienced. So that, that was actually, that's a sneaky, are you talking about when we fouled them? Yeah. We fouled LSU. So I was at that game. I was there. I had great seats. I didn't know if they were going to be good or not. Yeah. And they were in like the middle of the second section and it turns out it was kind of like the front row right. and that foul happened kind of right in front of me and um that was kyler i mean we you know we forced the ball out of their the guys that could shoot hands so we like didn't panic and because time was running off and uh you know we left a guy under the basket uh to just kind of trap and try to force it out of i think it was at cam thomas's hands Probably. and he, he kind of elected not to try to make the pass to this guy who would have just laid it up right. and he, he threw it to uh, one of their posts who shouldn't have been in the game. You know, that guy, that big dude who got hurt for them, yeah. he can, he can shoot. He would have been the guy that he would have been in right then. Yeah. So that was a break. But as soon as he caught it, you know, Kyler fouls him and he was trying to pass it. And that was just, I mean, then he misses the front end of the one-on-one. That was huge. Yeah. Huge. And yeah. In that whole game, you know, it was one of those where I, I think I sent this in our text. I was like, this, this is going to be a bad loss. I mean, I said, just to be clear, I said this was going to be a bad loss because it just felt like we we should have been winning and we weren't. And I hate games like that. You know, like I, I guess West Virginia was kind of like that. Like even though we were winning most of the games, like we've we've played relatively well against a team and they've just hit shots that we don't have the capacity to make maybe other than McClung. And it was just incredibly frustrating. Yeah, I think we started started out slow. We were down fifteen to eight after the first ten minutes, yeah. and then and it just kind of climbed back from there. We outscored them by six in the second ten minutes, and then by two in the third ten minutes. Turn the ball over in the first half, because I, I remember I remember saying like if we can, because when we cut it to one at halftime, I I was thinking if if we could just stop turning the ball over, we're gonna blow this thing out, but. Obviously not. Now, yeah, and that's kind of what they do. What they do, they kind of a defense like ours that is, you know, pairs well with their. They want to run, and you know, their defense wants to like speed you up and turn you over, and create a bunch of high possession games. And uh, you know, that, seeing them in person, I was impressed with LSU. They have some like shot makers, and that uh, yes. that Trent that Trent and Watford. We didn't have an answer for him when they would post him. And they would post him up. Yes. Um, but that Cam Thomas, that they were just making, they were making some sh- really tough shots yes, and they, they didn't, they like didn't seem surprised by it. Like, you know, cause I don't watch them much. It kind of looked like, yeah, these are shots we normally take and, and yeah. make was yeah. the impression I got. Um, but 
yeah, we didn't play particularly well and won, you know, on the road. And uh, yeah, I, I was kind of checked out, uh, you know, as far as you know, being there when they, I guess when they went up by seven yeah, and then we, we, we uh, had that possession where we kind of block a shot and Marcus throws it to Mac and he has his back turned and, Yes. Oh uh, man, I, it, we definitely seemed like we were on the ropes, but that was one of the funnest being there. You know, like one of the funnest uh, games to to be at. Yeah. That I, can I, I that found money feeling is pretty pretty great, especially in somebody else's building like that. It's it's really hard to beat. Although I will be speaking of money, and I don't want to wax Wayne about my bad beats, but <laughs> so back to back games. So I I take LSU plus four before the game, just as. I bought tickets to the game, put the price of my tickets on L- on LSU plus four. So if, if we lose, I get my money back. Right. At halftime, we're, I guess, down by one. And I, I yeah, being there, I kind of liked the way we were playing. So I bet on tech. And yeah. I, so therefore I had tech minus two. So when Shannon gets that ball with one second left and they unnecessarily foul him, you know, we're winning by three. The buzzer run, goes off. I kind of thought I maybe had hit my middle there since I would have, you know, lands on three. I win both bets. Right. He goes and makes both free throws. So then, <laughs> so then last night I take tech minus five and a half the night before the game. And then 30 minutes before the game, I take OU plus seven and a half and the same situation, three seconds left. Got a guy at the foul line. This time I need him to make both clearance. And then it would have landed on six, yes. but he, he goes one and one. So I've, foul shots within, you know, the last three seconds cost me uh, two back-to-back middles on the tech game. So that was kind of frustrating, but I'll take, I'll take the two wins. I was about to say, I, I no offense to you, but I'll take your personal losses tech game yeah. at this point. Uh, but yeah, you know, I was, we talked about, you know, the look kind of turning around and, it didn't feel that way when I, you know, like, like I thought we played well um, and then we put ourselves in a position to win. And then like you said, they have guys that are comfortable taking step back threes, which we don't really have. Like other than Mac, we don't have that guy. And like you said, it looked like they take that shot. They make that shot and they did it twice. And I thought that sealed it. And I was just, you know, infuriated, you know, that we'd put ourselves in a position to win and, and then not done it. And then, you know, we get the, the three, then we get the steal, or no, no, we get the three, and then we, you know, which I, I appreciate Buzo's confidence to shoot the shot, but he airballs it and just a wild tap out by McCullough ends up in our best shooter's hands for another three and then the steal. You know, it's, that's the kind of stuff that, like you said, the, the luck is kind of evening out. For sure. And, and even if luck's involved, you know, we still, still got to put yourself – in the in those positions and yeah, you got to make the shot. Yeah, our our kind of comeback uh, scheme or you know the strategy, the these pr- pressing the the inbounds, we've had some success with that here lately, and that's good. I mean, because when you get down, there's games where you're going to be down late by a basket, maybe or, or more, and we've now uh, you know we've kind of got something I think we can lean on because you don't because we don't show them that much. That's what. Um, and it kind of makes it tough for, for the other team. I, I was listening to Will Wade. He was saying that, uh, you know, that guy getting hurt really messed with them, that they didn't have their five guys that they normally have in a late game situation. And it was really – another big thing was um, 
before the steal, or maybe it was the possession before, but they couldn't get the ball in. They called their last timeout because they couldn't get it in. Yeah. And as and had they had that timeout, maybe they'd probably take one under the basket when we steal it and have a better play drawn up and, and maybe we don't steal it. So it's like, a t- you know, we did benefit from some luck, but we did like these tiny little things, you know, that kind of led up to, to give ourselves a chance. And kind of sounds like beard. Cause that's what he calls it. Like, you know, just play it to the bone and just give yourself every chance. And we did, and we won. Yep. And we've given us, we've done that earlier in the year and, and we lost, but what being there in person, I, I, like I said, I was impressed with LSU. They were big. LSU was kind of long, um, but they were like us playing small, but we were, you know, we were bigger, you know, we were bigger than them. We were throwing them. We out rebounded them and it wasn't even close. And, and I was really close to Yeah. We, we rebounded uh, 45% of our misses. Yeah. And, and I was, I did, I was looking at, to me, this is like the most dominate. This is, this is when you dominate someone on the glass, when you rebound 45% or more of your misses, yeah. and then when you rebound 70% or more of their misses. Yeah. And, you know, we've done that with Beard now four times. And the other three games were like 25 point blowouts. And, and some of them are like, we're playing good teams. I think at when we beat Kansas and yeah. Lawrence was one of those games. And yeah, so this one took every, it literally took every rebound <laughs> to, to win, but I think that's how we did it. We just, we won on the glass. We created more possessions and shots than, than them. And even though they were making more shots than us, we just had more, we have more, we have more bullets we can fire when, when we're rebounding like that. And like my, you know, I was watching, and I know he had a surgery or something, Shaquille O'Neal's son standing next to Micah Peavy. And I guess he's a, Sharif is a sophomore. He's listed at 6'10", 225. Okay. PD is much bigger than him, yeah. like just thicker, stout. Yeah. stout, throwing him around in the paint, has no chance of, of keeping PD off the glass. Yeah. And and I, I'm right, but I'm kind of close to LSU's bench. They were so worried about Silva. I mean, every time he touched the ball in the paint, they were double teaming him. Yeah. They were, um, Will Wade was like just begging his team to box Silva out. And he had, I think Marcus had seven offensive rebounds in that game. Right, so as impressed, you know, I, I thought LSU was good. I thought they were, um, they looked, you know, they just had the, like coming through the gate look was like, oh man, these guys look pretty good. And then I saw us, I'm like, well, you know, we, we look pretty good too. <laughs> so it's kind of, um, it was a fun, it was a fun one to be at for sure. It sounded like it watching it on TV, you know, just, you could, hear the fans and they were obviously very upset with the officials multiple times and and all that yeah so like a and good those were so i don't you know i'm there they were very upset about some of those charge calls yes and they were they were blatant charges to me like uh, their guys they're leaving their feet you can't leave you can't leave your feet and hit a defender there you were got several, to play with your feet on the ground against uh, us yeah there are several of those where they it wasn't that they ran into us. It was that they landed almost on us, you know, like, exactly. and, and those are frustrating. Like I understand. Yeah, they it's, are. It's not they look, fun. they look right. They look weak. Yeah, and I, but I think they're, I think they're by the letter. Yeah. Oh, of yeah. A charge. yeah. And when you watch like these big 12 teams, now that they've been playing us and Baylor and some of these teams who are kind of starting to mimic us, you know, 
it doesn't have, big 12 teams don't do that they don't just jump in the air and towards the basket from the free throw line and try to shoot a floater because it's going to be a charge every single time it's not even i mean that is the easiest thing probably that our team can execute is yeah. get in front of somebody and draw a charge and you know the sec maybe they weren't really prepared or didn't quite realize how much we were going to be preventing them from just leaving their feet to do whatever they want. Yeah. Make a pass or, or shoot. You can't do that against us. Their players were definitely like, what am I supposed to do? You know, and, I, and I, they were a little befuddled by it, which I think helped us, you know. Um, you know, speaking of the foul calls, we shot 81% on free throws, which, you know, you, you talk about putting yourself in a position to win. Doing that is one of those. They shot 66, which was a worry, you know, a couple of months ago or at the beginning of the season is now, as you've pointed out multiple times is a strength, you know, like even you know, Silva missed two in that game, but he's been good, but much better than we expected him to be. And I, it's just another one of those things to me where, you know, they have 10 steals force us into more turnovers than they have. And yet, you know, we step up to the line and we're able to hit over 80%. You got to feel good about your chances. Yeah, we did it last night too. 81% again. Yeah, it's definitely a strength, and it, and it's really, it's Mac and Sil and uh, and Shannon. I mean, they are um, maybe the best two at getting to the free throw line, like pairing in the conference. So they're so prolific at getting the line. They're also really good free throw shooters. That may, you know, we may not be the best free throw shooting team, but we just get such a high volume of, of free throw attempts from those two guys. It, we're gonna we're gonna look pretty good. Yeah, it's un, it's uncanny how how hard how difficult it is to keep them from from beating you off the dribble. Yeah, and it's and I, I, maybe it's frustrating that we're not you know scoring more because of that. we got these two guys that are two of the you know, toughest one on one uh, defensive matchups and we can put them on the floor at the same time, which we we do, and yet you know uh, our it's not, you know, we're, we're scoring in other ways, really, at uh, offensive rebounding and, and just taking a lot of shots as opposed to scoring through what kind of the advantages they create by beating people off the dribble. But and, I feel like and, and they're so unique. They're totally different yes. players yeah. in terms of like their skill set of beating guys. You know, like Max just like super quick and he's got all these you know, like moves that it's just hard to stay in front of him. And he's also seems like he gets a lot of whistles, you know. Oh, yeah. He's pretty, I don't know, maybe the superstar NBA type thing going on where he, just, he gets a lot of calls. Um, and then Shannon is just so much more athletic and he's, he's, his strides are, are ridiculously long. Yeah. He, he, he looks like Giannis to me sometimes yeah. when he's like takes two, two steps from the, th from the three-point line and he's doing a finger roll layup. Yeah. It's just hard to stay in front of him. He, they both force the official's hand to me. It's like – you're good. Like you've been calling yeah. it. Are you still going to, you know, that kind of deal? Uh, I don't know if there's anything else on the LSU game before we move on to Oklahoma. I don't think so. I'm just that feel really fortunate to win that game. Yeah. Right. I feel the really same. fortunate. Yeah. I mean, they, they're, y'all are giving me a hard time in the Red Raider sports group text because 
you know, I, I said like, well, this is a loss. This is a bad loss is what I said. And, uh, you know, obviously a little egg on my face after that, but even I, I said that to my grandma, who's a big Texas tech basketball watcher. And I got a phone call afterwards about how I need to believe in Chris Beard and the team, you know, stop giving up so soon. So, uh, I got it from all sides, basically. I, I need to believe in the red Raiders, but, um, so moving on to Oklahoma, um, just, you know, just a weird game to me. It's not like we talked about a little at the beginning. It's like it felt like one shot goes in at various points. We blow that thing open, and it's, you know, not even close at the end, and yet we just can't get that one basket. Both teams, to me, looked pretty beat up from pretty, you know, high-intensity games on Saturday. But, you know, we got the win, which is really what matters. Definitely a weird game, and I – here, I pull up, posted some some numbers from it. It's like effective field goal percentage. It's yeah. it's it's field goal percentage, but it accounts for three point shots. Yeah. And it's uh, you can really tell how how good a team is shooting because it's um, all you got to do is double the percentage, and that's how many points per shot they're scoring. So if it's fifty percent, they're they're scoring one point per field goal attempt, and fifty percent is is really good effective field goal percentage less than 40 is not good. And so tech and OU both shot less than 40 uh, last night. Um, OU shot a little bit better than us, but prior to this season, we got to, I want to try to, I'm still not sure exactly. Well, I have some, some ideas, but this team has an uncanny ability to, to win games without making jump shots. And before this season, we had lost 43 straight games when we shot less than 40% effective field goal percentage, wow. 43 straight. That's ridiculous. And this year we've done it three. Yeah. This year we've done it three times. We're two and one. It was Abilene Christian OU and then the Kansas game. And we could have pretty easily won that Kansas game. Yes. Like, so we go from uh, 43 straight times where if you shoot this poorly, it's just like mathematically impossible for Texas tech to win. And then yet then this team, does it three times and it's nearly it's two and one and nearly three and oh when they do it and it's the things we've been talking about a lot where offensive we take yeah we don't waste possessions although we haven't turned it over a little bit more lately but just in general um because we're playing defenses that that's like what they hang their hat on to OU and LSU is forcing turnovers so um maybe it's it just looks worse than it than it truly is but uh, we take a lot of shots because we, we take care of the ball and we are one of the best offensive rebounding teams in the country. So we just can, can get more shots than you. And it doesn't really matter how many, if we're making them at a high rate, if we take 10 and 15, you know, if we take 10 more shots, we're really hard to beat. Yeah. And it's, it's, um, yeah. Th- thinking about it. If I was um, yeah, looking at tech as a team that we were about to play, um, it would really scare me that that aspect would scare me because it just, there's going to be times where we're going to shoot well. And it indicates, you know, that means we have a really high ceiling, you know, our, if we're doing these, the same things we're doing now where we can beat good teams shooting historically bad. Well, when we shoot well, how, what is it, you know, how difficult would it be to beat us? And it, so that's kind of a, and then the other flip side of it is, is, you know, even if you shut us down we're not, and we're not making shots, we can still beat you somehow. Yeah. So it's, um, you know, when, when you, the goal in, in college basketball is to win six games in a row. 
it's super hard to play six unbelievable games in a row or to shoot well six times in a row. And if, you, if you've got the ability to win a game when you don't shoot very well, you have your chances go up. And so the, the last time Tech and its opponent shot that poorly was the Elite Eight game against Villanova. And it's, so it's kind of like there's – it was like a uh, confirmation for me in, in that theory is there's a national champion Villanova. They were one of the best shooting teams ever at the people thought they shot horrible against us. I'm sure our defense had something to do with it, yeah. but they were able to win because they out rebounded us. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it also made me wonder like, wow, we were that close to, you know, beating Villanova because we, we really must've played pretty good defense to do that to them. Yes. We missed a lot that of layups. That's all just I remember. A, yeah. Just a historically bad shooting night for us. And we win. And uh, it's nice that, you know, seems like we've been having Kansas or um, Oklahoma State where we, we play, we shoot poorly and it's matched up with a, a game where our opponent shoots really well for themselves, for their own capabilities. So it's nice uh, talking about some luck. It's nice where uh, a bad night for us was matched up with a bad night for OU. Yeah. We can out bad people. That's exactly, yeah. you know, something that you said about, uh, Shannon and McClung's ability to kind of penetrate the lane basically whenever they want. Um, it reminded me of what I was thinking watching Santos Silva. Like, I think, I don't think he, I don't think I knew he had this ability where when he feels the defense collapse on him, he's really good at finding open guys on the perimeter. And I said this in the text last night, but it's like, if only we had guys who could shoot, <laughs> you know, like he, cause he can find where that help is coming from. And it's the same thing. Like somebody drives McClung and Shannon can find that help, but then it's usually PV in the corner or Kyler in the corner or McCuller in the corner. And then it's a pump fake and we're going to find a better shot. And it, you know, it just, I, it stood out to me in this game because there it seemed like there were several times where it's like, ah, that, I would have shot that three, you know, it was in the corner, the best three point, your three pointer you can get pretty open. And yet we're not taking the shot. We're going to pump fake into, into something else. And, I don't know. It was just something, and maybe on a night where we shot the way we did, it's probably good that they didn't. But something like that just sticks out to me. I agree, and yeah, he's he's really good at that. And OU was not doubling him the way LSU was, and yeah. so you can so he had kind of some like room to operate when he when he caught the ball. Yeah. But the thing about Silva and playing through him and getting the ball into him in the paint is is. Number one, like you said, he's not trying. He's not trying to just force it. Something. Sometimes you have like the post guy where they don't. Anytime they touch the ball, it's going up. You know, because they don't maybe feel like they get I, many I opportunities. Enough, I watch enough Mavs. That's Porzingis every time. So yes, I yeah. understand. <laughs> and Silva does not seem to have that at all. I mean, he, he's he's trying to find somebody to make a jump shot. Um, but the, the thing about him, it causes mayhem. Whether you double him or whether you don't double him. When he, when he gets kind of goes to the basket and kicks it to somebody in the corner, everybody collapses on him and the shot is taken. That is why we're a good offensive rebounding team because people leave their man to kind of help down on Silva. And then they, he kicks it out and then they leave their man to help off and try to contest the shot. And then the shot goes up and Silva is kind of undisturbed. His man is, is still trying to, catch him and, and then there's like TV and Shannon these other guys who have kind of these clear lanes to the basket and it's a similar effect when they double team him 
If we throw it to him, LSU would double him. He would immediately pass it. We take a shot. Well, now if they're double teaming Silva, that means somebody is not being boxed out and we get the rebound. So it's, he kind of just like blows up your defense whenever we can get the ball into him and he does something with it. Even when he takes a shot too, it's the same effect because he puts it up there like kind of soft on the glass and mm-hmm. PD and McCuller and these guys, like they, they just, they're long and they like out, out effort people. And they have like these positional advantages because of what Silva has created. Yeah. We get a lot of putbacks that way. Yeah. I, I think that, I think that is something, there's something to that with him and our offensive rebound. Yeah. And, and I like, it's almost like, I don't exactly know how to put it, but it's almost like if, if a shot goes up from tech, that's not possession over, you know, and I think a lot of teams see that as possession over, let's get back on defense, but it's almost tech takes it as like, this is an opportunity to get another easy shot. And I think it's a whole mindset thing that I, I don't, and I'm sure it's coached obviously, but it's, you don't see that all the time. And it's, I think it's helpful since we are not a good shooting team that we look for easy baskets like that. Exactly. Um, I don't know what PV's going to, how is PV getting points? You know, if it's not something like that. Right. There's, there is also the element when you're clanking a lot of shots, missing badly, which we can do at times, yes. it's easier to rebound. There, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. The long rebound, the weird the long rebounds. We, we get a lot of them because yes. we're longer and we have more, you know, kind of length and, and speed and skill to, to grab them. Yeah. Uh, and we, and it's almost like you're saying, it's just kind of a part of our strategy. We are anticipating miss. These, these things, you know, these long rebounds and yes. uh, it, it's a, it's, it's gotta be super frustrating to, to, to play against us. Oh yeah. Because you, you're, we stress these way the ways that we can stress you they're unique because we're not just making jump shots um but we they they kind of they force you to do something personnel wise that then hurts you somewhere else you know and you know, like we we put five ball handlers on the floor and they're all fast and Silva's fast for a center I mean he can beat pretty much any center down the court and you've got you can't play against us unless you've got guys that can uh, run with us or we're going to, we're going to take a defensive rebound and just sprint down the court and, and get a pretty good shot. And so that it's not that hard to match up with us to, to stop us from doing that. But when you, but when you do that, when you get small with us, that's when suddenly you can't box us out. Yeah. And so that, that is, um, that, that is something to this team. I think that uh, it will be easy to identify like Baylor, right? They're a team that's not really bothered by that. Because they can get small with us, and they can box out, and, and and they're the you know kind of looking in the mirror to some extent. Personnel, just the way they, the positionless style and their defense. Um, but there's just not many teams. Texas and Baylor really, yeah, are the only the only two that uh, have no real. And and I say that Texas had some problems boxing us out too, but oh, yeah. but um, they're the only two that aren't just like, in my opinion, super kind of wondering how they're going to uh, run with us, but at the same time, you know, box us out, bang with yeah. us. And when you talk about running, if the other team is having to worry about tech crashing the offensive glass, they can't run. They have to make sure they secure the rebound, which limits the running and, and tech gets to get in there. 
half court defense, which is what they want to do anyway. So it's all around good, you know, especially shots. And you make a good point. Um, There is like a, you know, there is a theory that when you offensive rebound, some think like you're saying that it can prevent teams from getting in transition because they've got to worry about what you're doing. Yeah, and then and then there's other thing, other times where the opposite can happen, and and there is that is how I think it tends to play out. It either has like a really really good effect in terms of keeping the other team from running in transition, or it has a really bad effect. Yeah, and when you um like our our final four team, we did not we did not send anyone to the glass to rebound except Tariq. Yeah, and the reason because we had such a good half court defense that we were so focused on making sure they would not get a transition shot because we knew if we could get into a half court game, it was, it was just, that was the best half court defense. That's really maybe ever. Um, I mean, and and this team is not, you know, we, we realize we've got to kind of create points in in other ways, but Mark Adams, I, in my opinion, maybe it's Mark Adams, maybe it's Chris Beard. We, we are, we are kind of immune to that effect where we can, seemingly kind of keep people out of transition while doing things that should potentially have a tendency to make you weaker in transition. Like we can run, but at the same on offense, but at the same time, then slow the other team down. And we, and um, I don't know, I don't know what it is exactly. I, I just think it's maybe Mark Adams has been doing this a long time and knows what he's doing. Yeah. that That's probably a good answer. And, but I, and I think it's, a, it could be as simple as, like you said, we grabbed what forty five percent of our own misses. I mean, against LSU. So, I mean, you ha- LSU has to prevent that from happening, and that is just going to prevent the. So, I mean, if Tech's crashing the glass and not grabbing forty five percent, then that's bad. You know, it's almost like a, it's it's results based. You know, like, and, and I'm sure they could see that. Too, so, but. You know, I was looking forward. If you don't, you got anything else on OU before we kind of look look around a little bit going forward? Well, yeah, Clarence, Clarence. I yeah. think it's inter- I think it's interesting that the the LSU game and the OU game we close the game out with Agbo and LSU, and then Nadoni and uh, Clarence against OU, yeah. where they you know two three four weeks ago they had basically non-existent roles. Yeah. And then, you know, here we are, we're ranked in the top 10 or 15 or whatever. And they're closing these games out, these tight games on the road, on the road. And then against the top 10 team, it's pretty, I, and they, I don't they know what it, I don't know what it says. I think it says speaks well about them. Yes. Um, they both bring different things. You know, I really like the spacing that Agbo bring and he's not afraid to shoot it. Like we saw, like you have to guard him which opens up the lane for Mac and Shannon. And then I don't know if anybody plays harder than Nildoni. I mean, no. he just constant energy. And the thing about Clarence is, is he's, he's becoming, he looks like a, a big 12 player. Yes. He's big. Yes. And, and there was a, a too. there was an offense. Brady Manick last night got a uh, kind of a long offensive rebound. And it was in a scramble type situation where Nadoni's guarding him like under the basket yeah. and, he, and he grabs it in one motion is kind of going, you know, lay it in. And then Clarence just stands there and puts his hands straight in the air and like stonewalls him. Yeah. And he ends up kind of like pump faking and passing it out. But you can kind of see on Manic's expression, like <laughs> that little, like this little guy, this guy's strong or something. He's a lot stronger than he looks. Yes. And yeah. Yeah. He, he bangs and grabs the rebounds and 
made a jump shot. Um, it, it's it, it's pretty obvious. I think last night he was in the game for defense. Yeah. I mean, Beard was trusting him. But he uh, hit a three. He made guards some of those shooters. Guys. Yeah. I never sold my Clarence stock. I liked him the moment he signed. I thought he just was a Chris Beard player. Like, you know, I, I, and it was a lot of theoretical offense, but if you could see, you know, if he ever developed it, he was going to be a hell of a player. And I mean, he still has time, you know, and, and you're seeing flashes of it now. And like you said, he, he looks like a big 12 body. Like he, he might, and he, he's a sophomore, but he might be a three-year because I know he's, he's obviously from France, yeah. but he went to a, he went to a prep school. It's like, yeah. it's called Scotland prep. Yeah. And they, they went on a run like in that prep tournament. And he, he was like, he was making like seven threes a game in, on their run. I mean, so I think he can shoot or at some point he can shoot, Yeah, uh, but he, but he might, so he might be a, three years removed from high school and this year doesn't count. Yeah. So next, next year will be his fourth year removed from high school and he'll have three more years to play. I'll have to uh, that. I mean, he might, yeah, it's, he's, he, you know, I wouldn't sleep on him. No, definitely not. And, you know, you met, you mentioned Agbo and cause it was Agbo, I guess it was Agbo over PV against LSU. Uh, and then was it Clarence over PV against uh, OU? Yeah. No, I don't. I was uh, – PD has I – th- yeah, I think he's – it looks like he's playing like maybe four or five minutes less since we started – yeah, that West Virginia game, I think, was when we kind of started playing Clarence and Agbo a little bit more. Yeah. And so, Luke, maybe he's sacrificed some and Burton too, I'm sure. Yeah. But last night it looked like um, we were doing offense for defense. Clarence when we could defense and then Marcus because he was in some foul trouble, I think, uh, when we were playing offense. Yeah, and it, like I said, I just like the spacing that Agbo provides. Uh, I just like the intensity that Clarence brings. But then I say intensity. I mean, PV is the same way. I mean, oh yeah. You can't say you can't say like Clarence has this incredible intensity, and then as a, as like something that PV doesn't have because I mean it's like you said he lo- I mean he is just a a, a specimen. And yeah. When he decides I'm getting that rebound, he, he's getting it. <laughs> Yeah, he, he had PD had seven offensive rebounds against West Virginia and Baylor, and he's only he's playing I think like thirty minutes, and that's a lot. And he played well in those games. I think he was four for nine from the field, so he had twelve rebounds total. And I guess I think you know, he's getting like steals and blocks and assists too. Yeah. But I think last night he maybe um, he had some turnovers. He had some turnovers. I think that Clarence. Uh, played a little bit more because of that. Because somebody asked, is all, you, know, just, you were just talking about it, so it might be a good place to put – somebody asked us about an assessment of PV's game, and, and we've touched on it some, but he just seems like a high-energy guy, plays good defense that just needs to develop a shot to be a to be a really good player. I don't know if your your assessment's any different. No, yeah, I, I agree. I think he's um, – he, he's not – He's not supposed to be as good as he is defensively. I, I don't think as a as a freshman. Because he, yeah. he going back to that UT game when we had foul trouble, we could not stop Jericho Sims, and PD was guarding him. Yeah, you know? and then like Cam Thomas when Cam Thomas was for LSU was kind of getting loose, PD guarded him at times. Like we very deliberately put PD on him. Yeah. I mean, how many freshmen are guarding a seven? six foot 11, seven foot, five star, whatever, 26 year old Jericho Sims. And then a couple of weeks later, they're guarding this little point guard freshman since leads the sec in scoring. Yeah. I mean, he's a, uh, and did it both. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't think you're supposed to be able to do that really, uh, unless you're Zaire Smith. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that's, that actually isn't, isn't a terrible comp. It, Zaire had a little bit more of an offensive game, but defensively it's very similar. Um, looking ahead at the schedule before we go to the other questions, uh, yeah, Kansas State and West Virginia this week or to finish out this, I guess, Saturday, Kansas State, my week's a little off, and then Tuesday, West Virginia, which we may have another podcast before then. But what are you, what are you thinking there? To me, that 2-0, I think, not isn't needed, but I think you should expect it. Feels like we need it, just based on, you know, you play at Baylor, at Kansas, at Stillwater, and then UT at home. So yeah, yeah maybe uh, right. Yeah, these are, I think, probably not counting Iowa State, the one that we haven't rescheduled. But of our scheduled games, these are two of the four easiest remaining. So right. it's in the, the easier half. And so, from that perspective, yeah, we need to win the four easier ones, and especially because West Virginia's at home, and we kind of owe them. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it feels like we must, as must, I mean, for us to do what we want to do, I mean, we, we want to be, we have a, sh- a chance to be like a, a really top seed. Yeah. And th- this was something I've been looking at, um, been trying to, I found some, some um, like current national championship odds. And there's five teams with shorter odds than tech right now. So five teams are more likely, right. according to the, these whatever sports book or um, to win the national championship. So there was, and there were maybe like four or five teams tied with us um, at the, with at the sixth spot. So, um, and looking at the lines for some of these games, I've, it's really surprised me how much the odds makers and then the people who shape the lines, people who bet into them and, and have a clue, the people that are respected yeah. um, when they take aside that the, the number of moves, how much they are high on tech. And we, like we were, we're playing Texas and they're, I don't know if they were undefeated. I think they lost one game, but they look just like all world playing in Austin. And we're, we're, it closes as a one point underdog. We're, we're a one point underdog. And we're going to be favored by UT and, and Lubbock, I think by three or four, three or four points. Um, and it's like, to just doing the math. There's only, that means there's only about five or six teams that would be favored against us if the tournament was tomorrow and we were playing on a neutral side, there's only a handful of teams that would be favored against us. And you're not going to see them all in the tournament, you know? And so I don't know. We, we, we're like a top six or seven or eight team in the country. I I think it goes to what you said is we, the game doesn't have to go a certain way for tech to win. It can, it can go several different ways and tech still has a chance Tech could shoot well, shoot poorly, you know, like like we talked about. You know, and, like that, so. and other aspect which I think is important in the tournament is 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 like the pace. Yeah. We we can play fast, we can play slow, we can do a we can be in a rock fight, we can run up and down and, and make a, at a rock fight where we're sprinting. Uh, you know, we it doesn't really matter to to us. Yeah. We we can we can play however you want. However you want to play. Yeah. And that's important. We're we're like a yeah. It's, it all comes back to this philosophy of putting skill on the floor at the same time right. and, and by skill being, you know, like athleticism and ball handling and yeah. passing. And it, um, 
now we're seeing it. We're it's you know, I'm sure uh, we're living in the moment of uh, what we were thinking a year or two ago when we're like, just what you know. Imagine when 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 Beard gets to, like all the players he wants. Right. We're not maybe there like all the way, but it's pretty close. I mean, for for us to sit here like just shoots the way we have this year, and for I think if you ask just like the random fan, they would probably be like, I'm you know disappointed about. Our, our team this year and like what it's, what it's looked like. And, and then, you know, you like look at the, the people who really know and like one of the top five, six, seven teams in the country. <laughs> and and you look at like Duke, Michigan state, North Carolina, Kansas, and all Kentucky. And it's like, this isn't that easy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not easy to just roll the ball out and go be a top 10 team yeah. to, to have the sixth shortest odds to win the national championship on, February 2nd. It's not that easy. And here we are. Yeah. It's a weird year. And that's a good point. We can win in a lot of different ways. And so I think that that's part of why, you know, people who know what they're talking about bet on us literally. Um, But yeah, I I think you're right. I think this needs to be two and oh, and the Kansas state game last time was closer than probably comfortable. And then all we know how the West Virginia game was, and we owe them. And, you know, so, you know, two and oh, hopefully, and we're having a, a, you know, a little win streak on our hands when we record next time. Uh, closing things up, a few questions. Because the mail never stops. It just keeps coming and coming and coming. There's never a let up. It's relentless. Every day it piles up more and more and more. And you've got to get it up. And the more you get out, the more it keeps coming in. And then the barcode reader breaks. And it's published. It's clearing out. You can punch one past or current Big 12 player right in the face. <laughs> you answered it on the board, but you can go ahead and share it. I don't think I did, did I? I thought you Must- did. Oh, sorry. No, no, that wasn't you. That's my bad. I was I, I tech hoops fans, not tech. Hoops okay. Fans. Yeah. This is an easy one for me. I don't know. This is a long time ago, but we had a center named Esmir Rizvich who was like seven foot, maybe 130 pounds, but he was actually, he wasn't that bad. He was pretty, pretty solid, solid player. Yeah. And we, we weren't that we were, we had a good team. I, I, maybe this was like Oh five or something. And we were playing OU in Norman, and they were good. And it was a really close game. And they had a uh, center named Longar Longar. And he was uh, like real – he looked like he was all knees and elbows. You know, like, he, like his elbows were like sharpened. Yeah. And he, he hits deliberately, in my opinion, yeah. and I think in Bob, in Bob Knight's opinion, hits Esmir in the face and knocks his eye out of his socket. It like broke his sock, his eye socket. Right. And we lose the game and he's out for a long time and we kind of lose some games later on. So my answer is longer, longer for the knocking, uh, Esmir Rizbit's eye out of his socket. See, that, that I respect that answer because it's, there's, it's, there's purpose behind it. And in, you have a reason. Mine is, is not that that I don't even know his name. It's the long, it's the floppy haired Baylor. Oh, yeah. No, I, I thought about it because there, someone was asking for a current one too. He, he yeah. might have been there too. And what's weird is I like it. I, as a player, I wish we, I wish he played for us, but he, he is annoying. He's, yeah. he's I, annoying to watch. And then like he gets one dunk and because he's white with that hair, it's all over sports center. And it's like, Oh, come on. Like I said, I don't even yeah. know his name. Uh, that That's how much, that's how Matthew Mayer, Mayer, I think. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. That's correct. Okay. 
Uh, let's see here. I think the last one, and we talked about it a little bit before we get on here, but uh, let me find it here. You can trade. There's one a prediction, of, I think. Or no, oh, yeah, yeah, you can trade one of our starters for another starter from the Big Twelve. Who is it, and why? I mean, to me, it's a somewhat of an easy one. With um, you know, we have a starter right now, PV, who plays 15, 16, 20 minutes a game. So we can trade him for Jared Butler. You know, and get 30 minutes. He's shooting like forty-five percent. He's twenty-three. He's so I, that's what I would do. Yeah, uh, and it's like we. I think you said it before. It's like PV for either any Baylor guard that starts. <laughs> yeah, or, or, or Ramey, or uh, maybe Ramey for for Texas. Thought about him too. I, I think thought he about him. Guard. I thought about him just for shooting ability. Like I, my thought went, went immediately to give me the best shooter in the conference. That's it. I think that would add a tremendous amount to the to the offense as a whole. Um, but yeah, I think that was it. Just the, the someone asked for a prediction from here on out, and oh, okay. I ran. Um, I did some kind of like my spreadsheet for doing college football season win totals, where you can get like a percentage of each outcome, you know, and and try to use that maybe to bet. And so I did that for our remaining games, but I just used um, Ken Palm's percentages yeah. as for us. And it was uh, 1% of going undefeated, but I lumped it. A 10% chance of, of losing one or two more games. And this doesn't count the Iowa State game. Um, so 10% of losing one or two, 20% chance of losing three, 20% chance of losing four. So he's got it as a 50% chance that we go five and four or better. And then, and then it was 20% chance we lose uh, five games. So – you know, most of them are, it's in that range. The range is basically us going uh, six and three, five and four, three and five with a 10% chance of, of going seven and two or, you know, eight and one. Okay. Uh, but so, so looking at that, if I had to make a prediction, you know, I, I guess I do the maybe the three, six and three. We lose three games from here on out because we play, um, it's going to be tough to win in Waco. Although I'm not counting, you know, Maybe sneaky optimistic about it because we've played really well there last year uh, too. And maybe it's maybe the best, it's the same nucleus of guys for them. Yeah. Um, and it's maybe the, the toughest, closest anyone's come to beating them in yeah. the last uh, 20 games. You know, yeah. Baylor is, I'm, I don't know what the UT score is right now. They are shooting it's the same guys. They're making 30% more points per jump shot this year, which is just absurd. I mean, like, there's no way that they, from last year to this year, became the best shooting team in the history of college basketball. Uh, right now they are, uh, if the season ended, their three-point percentage would be um, the best it's been, the best of any, like, BCS, you know, high major team since at least 2002. And the, the three-point line's been moved back twice since then. So it's, to me, it's just impossible that they're actually as good as they are, or that that's shown. Yeah. Just... Wow. Yeah. Well, and we talked about that some. Maybe I can't remember if it was before or after or both, but it was just like they are going to hit shots, and they're you know like, you're not going to be able to play them like you played Oklahoma. That's just not going to happen. And and so if they're hitting shots, 
you have to hit shots. You know, it's just one of those deals. And, and, it, and it, but it's true, but you're right. It, every time I watch them, I think, well, it'll, it'll even out and it just doesn't. So it's good. We are the only team that's held them to under one point per possession this year. Wow. And it wasn't enough. And it didn't seem like it watching it. No, it did not. No. It seemed like they're not having too much trouble, but we'll see. It'll, yeah, it's uh, the one thing I like though before we, before we get off is it seems like win or lose, I've been, you know, like every game and every week feeling better and better like, about our team. And I, and I thought, and it's not like I was down on us before the year or at other times. Like I've been kind of high on us and it just seems like we keep getting better and better. And then, and then I'm like, I get affirmation of that when I look at some of these places that I trust, Kim Palm, the betting line, the futures markets that are kind of consistent with this thought like that I think we are at least at worst a top 10 team at worst, but, but much more likely like a kind of in the six or seven, eight range. Yeah. And, and I've been lower on this team than you just because of the lack of shooting, but that makes me feel better. You know, the, the odds and the, it seems like every time we go into a game, like the point spread, isn't what I think it should be, you know, because I'm a little bit more negative, but yeah, it's like you said earlier, it's the people who know what they're doing and who put their money to it think we're good. And so that's probably realistic. Yeah. And if you, um, like what is predictive of future performance? If you just thought about it, like losing to Houston in November is not that predictive of how we are going to play against someone in late March or losing to Baylor or losing the way we lost to West Virginia or on the foul call to the phantom foul call with Oklahoma state. Um, but what is predictive is the, the betting line. I mean, you just, it's undeniable, like favorites wind. Um, there's a distribution that makes sense. You know, like a two point favorite wins more than a one, a three wins more than a two, four, you know, and so on. It's so when we get down to some of these games and we're a two point favorite, that's, it doesn't matter that we, you know, it doesn't matter how many games we lost. If we, even before that, the, the, what's more predictive about whether we can, we're going to win that particular game is the point spread, right. you know? So yeah, it, yeah. Maybe it's like a moral thing to, Oh, we're, you know, we're, we're favored and, and, or we're thought of highly by odds makers or, or betters, but that's a, it's a, it's a good sign. It's maybe the only thing that you can look at to somehow kind of uh, predict what might happen. Right. And, it's objective. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. It's all good news for now. So uh, we'll end it on that. Cause like I said, that nothing makes me feel better than those stats you laid out about our odds to win it. And just the people who watch and know they think we're good. And so it's like, I'm not going to argue with them. So anyway, anything else before we get out of here? I don't think so. All right. Well, I appreciate it. Always good stuff. Yep. Thanks. See y'all next week. Some time I'm abusing. Change my mind if you ever switch it up. Yeah.